her cousin was pregnant, but I don't know. But she walks in, but I know for sure that Elizabeth has no idea Mary is pregnant. If you read in other accounts, as soon as the angel visits Mary, Mary flees and she only tells Joseph and Joseph is thinking about divorcing her because they're, they're engaged. And back then when you're engaged, it's a legal document. So you legally have to be divorced. So she flees the scene because this is scandalous. She's pregnant and not married. And so she flees to Elizabeth because Elizabeth just had a miracle. So she's thinking, if anybody's going to believe me, the barren one who is now in her sixth month is going to believe me. My mom and dad may not, but she has seen the supernatural. She knows that we serve a supernatural God so I can entrust the secret with her. And so she's fleeing to him, uh, to Zachariah and Elizabeth, and arriving in their home, Mary enters the house and greets Elizabeth. At that moment that uh, Mary, that Elizabeth hears Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth, and does anybody know what baby that is? John the Baptist. At the moment that Mary enters the house and her voice, she says, greetings, John the Baptist is now doing a party, having a party inside the womb of Elizabeth. And it says that the moment she heard Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth jumped and kicked. And suddenly Elizabeth was filled to overflow with the Holy Spirit. And with a loud voice, she prophesies with power, Mary, you are a woman given the highest favor and privilege above all else. Your child is destined to bring God great delight. How did I deserve such a remarkable honor that the mother of my Lord has come to visit me? At the moment you came in the door and greeted me, my baby danced inside of me with ecstatic joy. Great Favor is upon you, for you have believed. Why? Because she believed. She yeah. simply believed, and great favor came upon her life. Every word spoken to you from the Lord. She believed every word spoken to her from the Lord. Um, Mary was the first human being that ever had God inside her. You know, we're kind of used to hearing God inside us because we're all born-again believers, but back then... That what never happened. God came upon people in the Old Testament, but never ever had God Almighty come inside a human being. And this is so powerful because Mary just carrying Jesus walked into a room and changed the entire atmosphere just by carrying Jesus and surrendering to the word of God in her. You know, Jesus is the word of God, yep. right? Who became flesh. But the amazing favor that's on Mary, greater favor is upon us because Mary carried the human baby Jesus. But it, the word of God says that when we are born again, we're not just carriers of Jesus. It says that we are one with Jesus. We become one with Jesus, which is so powerful. In 1 Corinthians 6, 17, it says, But he who unites himself with Christ becomes one with him. How are, you, how are we united with Christ? We believe. We believe he's the Son of God. We confess and believe in our hearts, and we are instantly one with God. 
So yes, we're carriers of Jesus, but we're one with him. That is amazing. In Romans 6, 5 through 7, it says, if we have become one with Christ in his death, we'll become one with him and being raised from death to new life. Well, how are we one with God in death? When we get saved, we're dying to our old life, that life of condemnation and never enough and and works, and we're raised to new life in his righteousness. His righteousness, he gives us his righteousness and his holiness, and we're raised to new life, and we are one with Christ. Our spirits are united. We host God Almighty, and we have such a great opportunity on this earth to change the environment wherever we go. Mary, as she was hosting Jesus or carrying Jesus, it was more than just carrying baby Jesus, but fully surrendered to the calling on her life. Let it be unto me. Mm-hmm. Um, so some fruits that happen when we carry Jesus and we are surrendered to the word of God. And here are the promises. When, when we believe and we're surrendered to what God says, when God's word is superior to what we feel or what we think or how people have labeled us or upbringing or, you know, what people have said, that we would, the word of God would be superior to all of that when we're surrendered to what God has for us. So the first thing that happened when, when Mary walked in the room, she didn't even say a word. You know that we can be such a good witness and we don't even have to open our mouth. There should be such the fruit of Jesus. We should change the environment just because Jesus lives in us, that that people want to know him. When Mary walked in the room, there was great joy. That when we carry Jesus, when we walk in a room, there is great joy. That we bring a different environment of joy wherever we go. And in Psalm 1611, it says, in your presence, O Lord, there's the fullness of joy. Jesus is joy. He's the fullness of joy. And as we are carrying him, everybody's just a little bit happier when you walk in the room. That's amazing. That's amazing that we can go into a restaurant, we can go into the grocery store, we can go into our workplace, and everybody is happier in the room because Christine just walked in, because Ed just walked in, because Carlos just walked in, Abigail just walked in. You didn't even say a word. The presence of Jesus is so strong, we don't even have to add to it. He can hold his own when we're surrendered to it. And that's what happened with John the Baptist ecstatic joy. I was wondering what Elizabeth was thinking, like, oh my gosh, am I going into labor? Like, you know, the baby in you kicking, having a party. And John the Baptist got spirit-filled, spirit-filled. So one, we are bringers of joy in this very sad world. There's a lot of sadness around us, but we get to be the bringers of good news, of joy and peace just by carrying Jesus. So people should feel the joy of the Lord in our lives, and you should be the first person to feel the joy. You should be happy. And if you're not, the enemy's lying to you because it's not dependent on circumstances. I know we're in a fallen world, and God is coming to redeem it, but we are the ones that are reconciling the world and bringing joy. Number two when people, when we carry Jesus in the presence, people around us should automatically be upgraded. I don't know if Elizabeth has ever prophesied in her life, 
But Mary walks in the room, and then Elizabeth, with a loud voice, which means she could almost be yelling, proclaiming, Mary, and then she starts prophesying about her carrying the Savior of the world. She did not know that. She got supernatural understanding just by being in the same room as Mary. That means when we carry the presence of God, we come in and supernatural things are happening. John the Baptist gets spirit-filled in the womb. That doesn't even make sense theologically because he's not saved. Like, don't you get saved and spirit-filled? No, God can do all things. This baby in the womb is spirit-filled because Mary walked in. Mary just said hello. She said hello. And there's great joy. Somebody's prophesying. Somebody's spirit-filled. And she hardly said anything. It's such a powerful picture of being carriers of God's presence. You know, he lives in us, not so that, when we get to heaven, it's like, is he in there? Beep, he can come in, you know. But he lives in us to live through us. And so, you know, the the picture of Mary carrying Jesus inside and that stuff and the environment change, changing when she walked in the room and, and you know, and, and John getting filled with the Holy Spirit and Elizabeth prophesying and, and all that, like, it is a picture of what we need to cause in our environment around us he lives inside of us so he can live through us and um you know the the, if you think about this when somebody in a bad mood walks into a room you feel it without them ever saying a word and we say all the time the opposite we said preach at all times only when necessary use words right because what we're carrying inside we can easily spread around if we're you know, if we're careful of what we're spreading around, because in a bad attitude, it it automatically happens. Somebody walks in and they're upset and you feel it. Why do you feel it? Because they are being consumed by these negative thoughts, right? Whether it's fear, anxiety, stress, whatever it is, they're being consumed inside. And interestingly enough, what's what's consuming them on the inside is coming out and we're all feeling it. Well, that tells us that the opposite is also true. When you are consumed by God, by His goodness, by His thoughts, by His promises, what do you think you're going to release, right? Joy, peace, hope yes. all around you, which is what was happening here. It's, it's, our, it's our very picture. You know? and so that's how we release the presence of God wherever we go. We're, we're at work or at a family meeting or whatever. It's like, you know, who's, it's like, the, the, the fight of darkness and light, who's going to win? Well, we know light wins all the time, you know, heaven wins all the time, but only if we are being consumed by his goodness and by his love and by his hope, then that's what we're going to release into that room. And just like you would feel a negative attitude, you also feel, you know, when somebody is dwelling on the goodness of God. Yeah, yeah that's so good. And, you know, when Mary came in the room, the people in the same room were upgraded. And when people are around us, we convict them to righteousness, meaning that they want to be better. They want to be better. People should never feel condemned or judged in our presence because it is not our God. Jesus came not to condemn the world, but save the world. world. So then when we come in, we convict them to righteousness. What does that mean? I want more. I could be better. 
I want what you have, right? You're convicted to a higher standard, and that conviction is, is grace. It's not condemnation where we are, you know, condemning people and judging people. It's just never God. And, and Elizabeth wasn't condemned, and surely John the Baptist was not condemned, but they were upgraded. I want people to be upgraded when they're around I me. I want people you know? upgraded around me. Like, I can have more. If God can use Kara, God can use me right? I want more, and, and especially people in the world. And she just walked in a room. She just walked in a room. Imagine just a conversation with somebody that could change their life, or, you know, a generous tip to a waitress, or actually looking in somebody's eyes when they're talking and not being so rushed. It's just, we carry Jesus. We carry God Almighty. That should shift environments. And that's powerful it, right now with the holidays. And maybe you're going to see people that aren't always happy. I want you to know that the spirit in you is greater than anything else. And just you surrendering to the Holy Spirit, being aware of his presence can shift everything today and this week and wherever We talk go. about this a lot, but it's, it's the thermostat and thermometer yes. example, right? You can be a thermometer or, or like tofu, right? And you just adapt to whatever is surrounding you. You tell the temperature, you uh, conform to your surroundings, you know, if they're in a bad mood, it brings you down. Or you can be the thermostat, you know, which we're called to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world, the ones that dictated the environment. No matter who's there, that's what we were given authority. And a lot of times we think, oh, I have authority. What's that good for? Just to cast out demons? No. It's to change environments, you know, it's to walk into a place and no matter how moody everybody else is, I'm going to smile like Buddy the Elf. Until you, you know, until you start asking me for candy canes and sugar and maple syrup, you know. And so it's like wherever I go, like it has to become my goal that I will not be conformed to the world. It's not just about being transformed, you know, by the renewing of our mind. Like that's one part. But the other part is wherever I go, I transform. I don't conform. You know, we can't change the world by conforming, by becoming like it. We, we have to remain strong, you know, and be like, okay, no matter how dark it gets out there, no matter how, you know, negative people can be, no matter how hopeless their situations can, can seem, I am going to be the carrier of hope that is always speaking hope. There's always a solution. Yes. Nothing is impossible for God. Yeah. And every promise, you know, Luke one thirty seven, I think it's chapter, verse 37, right? Yeah, it says, not one promise of God is empty of power. power. Everything wow. is possible. That, yes. That's incredible. That means that every promise that God has given us is not just, you know, a promise, but it actually has power to create. Yes. And I want to remind you, we're going we're gonna to close, but great favor comes upon us by believing. Oh, you're not done. Great favor comes upon us by believing. We can't earn the favor I have a lot to say. Oh, look at our time is up. You get to preach. Piano player, slow down. No, you know, hosting the presence of God is not hard. It's, it's actually a lot simpler than we think. And so, uh, Marley, right? Yes. Have you had friends over at your house before? And when they come, do you ignore them or do you play with them? You play with them, right? See, kids know how to host. I mean, I'm sure all of you know how to host. I and mean, when you have a guest, you know, they come in, they sit in your living room, you don't go, all right, see you in a couple hours, I'm going to go do laundry. No. <laughs> you, 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 you listen to them, you talk to them, you value them, you, you, you talk about things that are going on in your life, right? You want to hear what they have to say, you serve them, right? 
It's the same reason we serve God. We don't serve God because we have to, but because we're good hosts, you know, because, because he's, he's living inside of us. So we pay attention to him. And just like the dominant thoughts are the ones that are coming out, you know, when you're hosting the presence of God, when you're hosting Jesus that lives inside of you, and you're having a daily relationship with him, you're walking with him in every, every day. It's not, it's not the once a week I come on Sunday, sit in, check out, you know, and I'm done. No, it's a daily relationship because you're learning how to host him because he moved inside of you. The day you yes. opened your heart and you, and you gave your heart to the Lord, right? You asked Jesus to come into your heart. And when he came into your heart, he moved in. He's, he's your guest. He's in there to live with you, to become one with you. So you don't just ignore him. You, 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 you talk to him. You pay attention to him. Yeah. You tend to him. You serve him. You, 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 you value him because he's the one that's inside of you. So that's how you host the presence of God. It's so easy. So everywhere you go, you're... You become conscious of him. Yes. You know, we have the picture of, of the dove, you know, that represents the Holy Spirit. When Noah was in the ark and it had stopped raining, he sent a dove out, right? I had a really good joke about a turtle, but I'm not going to tell it to you because we don't have time. But it was really we funny. We always have time Okay. And so, so sorry, you know. Uh, but anyways... Uh, he sent out a dove because why? The dove was the joke. looking. No, I'm not telling the joke. joke. No, because it was looking for a place to rest, right? It was looking for a place where it could rest. And the dove is always looking for a place to rest. When the heavens opened up at Jesus' baptism, he comes out of the water. The voice says, this is my, my beloved son in whom I am well well pleased. And the dove comes and rests on Jesus, right? And it was a symbolism of the Holy Spirit coming and filling him up, right? And it's the same thing for us. So, you know, this idea that the Holy Spirit is easily scared, it's not true, okay? But the picture is trying to give us instead is this one of a dove, that if a dove was uh, on your shoulder, how would you walk? You would walk carefully. You would walk mindfully of the dove that's on your shoulder, Right? And that is the one thing that we need to get out of this situation is, is how I would walk with the dove on my shoulder. It's, it's that I am intentionally mindful of it. And that's uh, Proverbs where it says, trust in the Lord in all your ways and acknowledge him, acknowledge him in all your ways, right? And he will make your path straight. So when I acknowledge him in all my ways, when I am mindful of his presence in my life all the time, that's the very thing that I'm releasing everywhere I go in my life. And that's more powerful than any darkness that could be around me. Yeah. So that's how I host the presence of God. It's not hard. I just pay attention to him. I'm mindful of him. I, I'm, I'm, I have this understanding that he is with me all the time. And that's what allows me to speak hope into hopelessness. That's what allows me to speak joy and peace and, and into every situation because nothing is greater than him. When things become greater than him and they magnify themselves above God, then that's when I start falling into stress and anxiety and fear and all these things. And at that moment, I stop releasing the presence of God because something has become greater than God in that moment in my life. And so when we're mindful of him and we're hosting his presence and releasing his presence, it's because he is the biggest and most powerful uh, thing in our life at all times. And nothing else, everything else pales in comparison to his power. Yeah. Amen. That's really good. And what Ben is saying, 
is that we all have the fullness of God, but some of us allow God to come out more than others. It's not Mm -hmm. like you grow in the measure of God. Like you get saved, God will give you a little bit and a little bit. No, we all have the fullness of God, but some of us, because maybe fear or insecurity or the lies of the enemy, that is the biggest thing and that is coming out. So we get to choose what we surrendered, what we're surrendered to. And I love Mary because she said, be it unto me. It doesn't make sense. You know it didn't make sense. This whole thing is just a crazy idea, and God loves those ideas where it's impossible. He loves impossible situations, and are we going to be humble enough and surrender and say, be it unto me then? God, you want me prosperous? Have you seen my bank account? Okay, be it unto me. God wants me to have divine healing. Okay, have you seen the doctor's report? Okay, be it unto me, God. God, you want me to be a carrier of joy? Have you seen what I was raised in? Okay, be it unto me, God. Are we going to be crazy enough to surrender to Jesus in us? Because as soon as we surrender, like Mary, it comes out. It comes out just as Ben was saying. We get to choose how much of God comes out of us, really. That's right. That's right. He moved in, fully moved in, you know. But some of us are completely oblivious to who is living in us. And so that determines how much of him is released, right? And so so we want to be carers of hope. We want to be carers of his presence. We want to say, Lord, be it unto me, as you have said. You know, because when you agree with God's word, uh, then favor follows. See? When, once Mary said, yes, be it unto me, what happened? Favor, favor followed her, right? And she was highly favored. That's what she is called in the Bible, highly favored woman.